My wife gave me this hat. I know it's not typical in an academic profession to wear a baseball hat, but it says Trent, not the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> Mr. Chancellor, Mr. President, members of the faculty, uh, graduating students, and your families. I must say at the outset that I uh, was quite impressed with the citation that was read so ably. It was really quite consistent with the one I prepared for him in the office in Brampton. And so I do thank you for reading it the way it was written. And Mr. President, I have to say to you, sir, we were talking on the phone a few days ago, and you were concerned about filling the shoes of your predecessor. Well, I knew your predecessor. She wore fairly small shoes, and I'm looking at yours, sir. You'll have no trouble filling the shoes. I uh, must also say that it's kind of fun to be here to see this group of young people moving forward in their lives. When I think of what's happening in the Middle East, when I think what is happening in the Gulf of Mexico, when I think of what is happening in so many places in the world, do we really understand how fortunate we are as Canadians to be at an event of this kind on this occasion? I couldn't help but think about it on my way here today, because I've been to Peterborough before. I came on occasion with the Brampton Excelsiors. We defeated the Peterborough team without any hesitation whatsoever at field lacrosse. No, it wasn't. It was box lacrosse. And so I felt very much at home. I did prepare a lengthy speech. I was asked by the university, would you pre please provide us with the text? So I have the text here. Now listen, scholars, would you prefer I sit down so you can get your uh, degrees, or do you want me to go on for a couple of hours? <laughs> because I'm inclined to do so. I know uh, I'll take pity on all the rest of you because it's kind of warm. But I do want to say to you, Mr. Chancellor, and I say this most sincerely, you add a dignity and respect to the position of Chancellor at this university, and I'm one of those Ontarians and Canadians that appreciate what you have done, and this university is fortunate to have you. I also would say to your president, <laughs> I would say to your president, you know, I think you're pretty, I mean, I have to hold back a little bit of the judgment for a year to know I'm teasing, Mr. President. You obviously have great skill and determination, and as long as you understand that uh, Peterborough can't become the center of the universe, Brampton still is. Apart from that, sir, I wish you the very best. He's not a bad sort of a person, as a matter of fact. I also, on this occasion, would be remiss if I didn't mention one Tom Simons. I was with Tom when we opened this, I think, in roughly 1964, before any of you were born. There was a degree of controversy. You see that bridge there? Started out as an architectural uh, masterpiece. Couldn't get it through the committee. Tom sort of reduced it a bit in scale. We called it a utility corridor, and that bridge wouldn't have been here today if it hadn't been for the creative instincts of Tom Simon and a friend from Brampton who helped to make it understood. I, uh, I wish Peter Adams were here. I mean, he got his degree. You know, the first will be last, the last will be first. I'm quite prepared to accept second place. But uh, I was hoping Peter and I could have had ten minutes each together to convince one another as to the political philosophy of the views they represented. But I, I wouldn't do this before an audience of this kind. Not much I wouldn't. I, uh, I have to talk a bit to you 
about the loyalty of the alumni. There's a young man who used to serve gas at Honey Harbor. That's, you know, a little north of here and a little bit west. And his father was a minister in Port Credit. He went on to become a teacher. He taught at Fesserton. None of you here know where Fesserton is, but it's not far from Wabashine. But he took his he took his experience from Fesserton to Central Africa. He developed a relationship between his school and the school in Africa, the young people there, which could be an example for so many others. He was totally committed to his profession. He believed in it. He had one slight flaw. He never voted for me. But he... He was one of the great individuals as a teacher that stood for the many things that you, in your way, will represent. I, um, I know a bit about education. When I became education minister, the first question I got from the press was, where did you teach? I said, Grace United Church taught Sunday school. In those days, that was almost relevant. But I have to say that uh, there's a lady in the front row here. She's wearing a hat that I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> no, go, yeah, wave, wave the hat, Kath. Yes, there she is. She taught school in Berkeley in Oakland, California. I have two daughters who teach in the great region of Peel. I have another daughter who teaches in York Center. I want to say this as an aside. Don't ignore me today or Brampton because the Peel board is still hiring. Now, that's just a little... <laughs> A little advice that I would thought I would pass on to you. I also want you to understand something else. The day we passed the legislation that said very simply, a kindergarten teacher was as relevant as a grade 13 in those days teacher, I think we saw a new approach to education in this province. I think there is a growing understanding. And I've said this on other occasions, Mr. President, show me a good doctor and I'll show you a good kindergarten teacher. Show me people have been successful and they can trace it back to the teachers and the education they received. And Mr. President, now that I'm waxing so eloquent and you're saying to me quietly to yourself, well, soon will he sit down. Listen, I'm just getting warmed up. I mean, <laughs> I haven't had this much fun in a long time. I have to say to you very simply, Mr. President, you have a responsibility, as do your other university colleagues and college presidents, to understand what's happening in the world community. You have to understand the pace of change. You have to understand what's going on in China and India and how they are educating on a percentage basis an increasing number of their young people. I won't be around to see it, but the day will come when this continent will be competing very directly with the educational programs of those countries and others. So, Mr. President, I don't want to upset you, but you do have an obligation to make sure that they never catch up. The other thing I must emphasize is that early childhood education, I don't want to get into a debate with anybody, but we have 12 grandchildren. Was that the last number, Kathy? Yeah, 12. No more expected. So I have seen them from the very early age. We have one who's just finished the uh, university degree, uh, now a degree in Scientology, not Scientology, Neil, in uh, naturopathic medicine. I'm teasing you. <laughs> and another one that's starting her uh, tenure as a student of the law. I have to say to you this. 
I'm one of those who, with Fraser Mustard and others, have a real understanding of the need to bring education to an increasingly, shall we say, lower age. I know the disruption in family, but the reality is a youngster starts to be educated the day you as parents let them turn on the TV set. And that is not education, it's a passive experience. So I'm one of those, Mr. President, if you can encourage the young people who are graduating here today to understand their responsibilities may dip down below kindergarten, that will be a step forward in this province. I'll finalize my observations. I know you're all breathing a sigh of relief, but as I say, I'm enjoying it. I want to say to you young people here, you're here in great numbers. The only thing I've always had difficulty, I say this to the men in the class, why you let the women outnumber you with such great percentages, I don't understand, but nonetheless they do. There are very few professions that have greater responsibility to the future of this province and this country than you as members of the teaching profession. You will determine the quality of education in this province. You will determine in some respects our economic growth, our social growth, and the sensitivity we must have for one another. So I congratulate all of you. You're kind of lucky. I hope you know it. You're fortunate in the education you received. It's now your responsibility to impart that to others. To you, Mr. Chancellor, Mr. President, thank you for tolerating my brief observations, but I've thoroughly enjoyed it. You'll probably never invite me back again, but I may come anyway. Thank you very much. <laughs>